The Titans passed the first trial of their season-defining month with flying colors. How'd they do it? This is the Titans 10. We're talking that and much more. Let's go. Welcome into the Titans 10 for Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Easton Freeze, broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media. This show is brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on this special Wednesday edition of the show. We decided to move the Tuesday show to Wednesday, with the games usually on Sunday and the shows on Tuesday. Well, with the Monday night game, we're going to do a Wednesday show. And uh, we've got a lot to go through today in terms of recapping this big Titans win. Of course, we've got the weekly recap first up and then some postgame pressers and then the quick hit segment to round us out. Now, before we get into the weekly recap, a reminder, the Titans 10 has its own podcast feed now. So if you're still listening to this show on the football and other F words podcast feed, Cut it out. Stop listening right this second. Search for the Titans 10 or click the link in the show description. Subscribe to the Titans 10 and listen over there. The Titans 10 is only on the F words feed for a couple more days. Then you won't get this show unless you did the right thing and you subscribed to my main feed. So go ahead and do that. Thank you in advance. All right, let's get into the recap for week six. Well, the Titans took down the Buffalo Bills 34-31 in a thriller on Monday Night Football. The Bills quarterback Josh Allen in primetime games in his career so far is 6-0 versus the rest of the league, but he's now 0-2 versus Tennessee. This was a great, great win for the Tennessee Titans. They had nine drives in this game, if you remove the kneel downs at the end of both halves. Their first three drives were punt, punt, interception. The offense could not get anything going. In their last six drives, they scored on each of them. Touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. They really got things going against a number one defense in the league from Buffalo. In terms of wins and losses, in true Titans fashion, Tennessee has now beaten a top five team in Buffalo. They've fallen to a top five team in Arizona. They've beaten a top a bottom five team in Jacksonville, and they've fallen to a bottom five team in the Jets. So it's truly any given Sunday with this team, both good and bad. Now, in terms of the offense, Derrick Henry was the focus in this game, but we're going to give him his due later. Trust me, the quick hit segment is going to be exclusively Derrick Henry today. Outside of him for this offense, for Ryan Tannehill's part, he had a really terrible first half of the game, Um, but he, he really pulled it together in the second half and played a fantastic game when they needed him most. He had nine total completions through the first three quarters, but then went nine for nine in the fourth. Now, Tannehill continues to lead all quarterbacks in both game-winning drives with 11 and fourth-quarter comebacks with nine since the start of the 2019 season. He doesn't need to put up huge numbers for this Titans team to win. We've seen that. He's proven that because of the nature of the offense and their balanced rushing and passing attack. That's not the nature of this team, even though that seems to be the nature of the rest of the league. When they need him, he's consistent and he delivers, and he did in this game. Speaking of delivering, the offensive line really stepped up against a very good defensive front in Buffalo. Ryan Tannehill was sacked zero times in this game, which is fantastic news for the Titans. This is the first time all season they've had a clean game in terms of pocket protection, pass protection. The Week 6 offensive line pressure report is... Really great. There was not a single sack allowed, of course. David Questenberry 
had only one pressure allowed. Nate Davis, two pressures allowed. Jones had no pressures allowed. Roger Saffold had one pressure allowed. Taylor Lewan allowed one pressure. And Kendall Lamb allowed two pressures. So both sacks and pressures, they did a really fantastic job protecting the quarterback. On the defensive side of the ball, the Titans held the Bills offense to just two for five in the red zone for touchdowns. They did exactly what they needed to do to win this game. It was a textbook bend-don't-break defensive scheme. They played fantastic, particularly in the red zone. They let Buffalo walk all over them outside of the red zone, but then kept them in front of the safeties, disallowing any big breakaway plays. And then they got stops near the end zone when it counted most. The Titans' defense generated 26 total QB pressures, four sacks, five QB hits, and 17 QB hurries is the breakdown on that. By player, Danico Autry led on the night with seven. Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry each had five. Bud Dupree had three. Tier Tart and David Long got themselves a pair each. And Elijah Molden and Rashawn Evans each had one. Evans, by the way, who I bag on, had a pretty nice game. Now, the Titans did get the win, but it came at a steep price on the injury front. There were five different Titans ruled out during this game, which is the most that I can ever recall seeing in a single game. Left tackle Taylor Lewan, wide receiver Julio Jones, wide receiver Cam Batson, cornerback Chris Jackson, and first-round rookie cornerback Caleb Farley all went down in this game. Now, Batson and Farley's injuries were by far the worst. Both of them ended up with torn ACLs, so they are both unfortunately done for the year for the Titans. Both losses sting, but Farley's is especially painful for the Titans for multiple reasons. First, his injury history, it's hard not to be worried about his proclivity to to get injured, seeing as this is his second torn ACL. He tore his other ACL in college, his rookie year at Virginia Tech. And as we all know, prior to this season, he dealt with back surgery. So that's a concerning trend for a otherwise really fantastic star player, potentially. Um, and cornerback depth for this team is tremendously lacking at this point. To lose another cornerback, especially somebody who has so much upside, like Farley did, is a big hit. So injuries ended up being the biggest negative for the Titans in this game. Now I want to talk about the impact that this game has on this defining stretch of football that the Titans find themselves in the middle of right now. I've been saying for a couple of weeks, this is the season-defining month for this team. Hosting the Bills, hosting the Chiefs, at the Colts, at the Rams. Now they came into this game facing what many thought was the best team in football, in the Buffalo Bills, and they were facing falling to 3-3 three and three and trying not to fall under 500 this week against the Chiefs. And the, the Jets' loss would have been really haunting for this team if that had been the case. But it wasn't. They got the win against a really great Buffalo Bills team. And I'm not sure you can stress how big a win it is for this team because it provides a cushion for them in their record as well as confidence going forward as they face down three really tough opponents in the next three weeks. All right, now for the post-game pressers segment. There's not a ton to cover here. We didn't end up hearing much from the players and coaches after the game because it was so late, and we only heard from Vrabel yesterday, and he didn't have a ton more to say. But there's a couple of things to cover. First of all, A.J. Brown, post-game. He explained his illness designation that showed up on the injury report on Saturday. Now, he tweeted a clue 
about what he was dealing with on Sunday. He tweeted that he would never, ever eat fast food again, um, which it was an indicator, I think, for most that he was dealing with a bit of a stomach bug or food poisoning. That ended up being the case. He explained after the game that he'd had some bad Chipotle and had a brutal 48 hours dealing with that food poisoning. He said he lost eight pounds over the weekend before the game and had to take three and a half IVs on Monday to prep to be able to play. Uh, he apologized to Chipotle. He, he understood that there probably wasn't an endorsement deal coming from them. Another thing to talk about is Taylor Lewan's injury. Now, it was really scary in the moment. Uh, as many of you saw, I'm sure, when you watched the game, it was sort of a semi-contact injury. He rolled over the pile in what was a mundane running play and suddenly wouldn't move on the ground for many minutes. The training staff attended to him. They brought out the cart really quickly and carted him off. He gave a thumbs up on the way out, but it seemed like he may be dealing with a really significant head or neck or spine injury, which is always really scary to see. It turned out that we heard during the game that he had control of all of his extremities and was doing all right in the locker room. According to his wife, he was up walking around in the locker room when she got to him down there and that he was already wanting to go back out and play. He tweeted after the game, quote, thank you all for the thoughts and prayers. I'm all right. Hashtag no bad days. Coach Rabel said in his press conference on Monday that he had seen Lewan that morning, that he was probably headed to concussion protocol, but was otherwise doing as well as he could be. So that's really great news for the Titans. All things considered, obviously a concussion is not good news, but in terms of what that injury looked like, it could have been a good break for the Titans. They should get Lewan back this season in short order. Now, Vrabel had another quote from his Monday presser that I want to share. Here's what he said when asked about the Titans cornerback situation and if they'll look towards the practice squad for some added help. Certainly somebody that we'll look at. Um, you know, body's been with us for a while, been working, practicing. And so, you know, confident that if those guys, um, you know, get an opportunity, they'll, they'll do everything they can to take advantage of it. I think this is definitely the right move for the Titans right now. Brian Body Calhoun and Chris Jones, both cornerbacks on the practice squad, should be who they look to for this week. They're very thin at that position group, and I think down the road they should probably look before the trade deadline towards getting another cornerback from somewhere else. But rushing a trade or rushing a signing on a short week especially, facing Kansas City this weekend, even if you brought somebody in, it would be real difficult for them in one or two practices to be able to get any meaningful snaps in a system they're not familiar with moving into a place that they're not familiar with. I don't think that rushing that is the right move here. So looking towards the practice squad, I think is the correct thing to do on this short week for the Titans. All right. I'm excited about this. Our final segment on this Wednesday episode is of course, quick hits Derek Henry is our topic exclusively today. He's our topic in this segment most days, but we're going to really give him his due. He deserves it after his performance on Monday night and his performance so far this season. It's been unbelievable and record-breaking, and there aren't enough words to describe what he's done. So we're going to go through all of it right now. I'm going to throw a lot of really impressive things at you about Derrick Henry. First of all, his stats from Monday night, 143 yards, three touchdowns, and my favorite part, only 20 carries. I've been beating this drum, I know. Many people disagree with me, but 
even if you disagree and you think that Derrick Henry can handle the workload that he up until Monday night had been handling, you can't disagree that it's fantastic for the Titans to see him have such success on only 20 carries. It allows him to be fresh, much fresher on this short week facing the Chiefs on Sunday than he would be if he had a a monster 41-touch week. So he's going to be able to contribute a lot more on a short week. So that's great news for the Titans. This was his third touchdown game this season through just six games. So half of his games this year have been three touchdown games. On his big 76-yard run in the second quarter, he reached 21.8 miles per hour, which is not only the fastest run of his career, but it's also the fastest run by any ball carrier this season. Of all of the freak track star athletes in the NFL, the fastest anyone has gone carrying the ball this season is Derrick Henry, the 250-pound refrigerator with legs. It's ridiculous. Now, let's look at the league leaderboards so far this season. Derrick Henry now has 260 more rushing yards than the league's second leading rusher, Nick Chubb, who has 523, and twice as many touchdowns as any other running back in the league. Derrick has 10. In terms of total touches by any skill player, Henry leads by a large margin over Najee Harris, 176 to 136. Yards from scrimmage, massive lead. Derek has 921. The next closest is Jonathan Taylor with 682. And touchdowns, Derek Henry has 10. The next closest, Cooper Cup and Austin Eckler are both tied with seven apiece out in LA. Finally, let's talk some history. On the list of most games with 125 or more rushing yards and three or more rushing touchdowns in NFL history, Jim Brown holds the lead with nine such games. Derrick Henry moves into tied for second with the likes of Barry Sanders and Sean Alexander, who have six. Derrick Henry is the first player to rush for 10 touchdowns within his team's first six games since 2005, when both Sean Alexander and LaDainian Tomlinson did so. Derrick Henry scored his 11th career rushing touchdown of 50 or more yards on Monday night, tying former Titan Chris Johnson for the fourth most in NFL history. The only players with more are the likes of Adrian Peterson with 16, Barry Sanders with 15, and the great Jim Brown with 12. A pace update for Derrick Henry in terms of the season-long records. He is on pace for 456 carries. The record is 416. He's on pace for 28 touchdowns, which would tie the record of 28. And he's on pace for 2,219 rushing yards. The record currently is 2,105, set by Dickerson back in 1984. So he's on pace to tie or break all three of those records by, in some cases, a very, very large margin. There are really five MVP candidates in the league through six weeks. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, and Derrick Henry. I think reasonable people can argue about the order of those six, Jackson, Prescott, Brady, Murray, and Henry, but I think those are the unquestioned top five through six weeks of football, which is really incredible, right? Derrick Henry, the only running back, only non-quarterback on that list. Um, He's doing things that we've never seen from any running back ever. Now, I say it 
almost every show, but I hope we don't take what we're watching for granted here. Derrick Henry is one of the best football players we have ever seen and probably will ever see. And you just got to enjoy the ride with this guy because he has shown us no signs of slowing down and what he's doing is incredible. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Make sure to check out my NFL Tears article later this week over on broadwaysportsmedia.com. And make sure to come back on Friday. Now, I know we dealt with some technical issues last week, but I promise we have those sorted out now. We're good to go. Moving forward, Tuesdays, Fridays, 5-4 Central, regularly scheduled time, on schedule. We are back, baby. We're rolling Make sure to come back on Friday for the next episode of the Titans 10. We'll be discussing the news from this week as well as looking forward to week seven against the Kansas City Chiefs coming into town, facing the Titans at Nissan Stadium on Sunday. Until then, have a great rest of your work week, and I will talk to you on Friday. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually, go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10, and I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please, send them this show. And don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives, because of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com, so thank you to them for providing that for us. Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 BSM. That's at the Titans 10 BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at broadwaysportsmedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. Whew. All right, that's going to do it for today. I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10. Titans 10.